Welcome to Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. I'm Crystal Heath. We're interrupting our regularly scheduled podcast going through Raising God's Kids in Sin City to do a 2020 special edition where we're going to talk about some of the controversial issues of our day. Pastor Tice, welcome to your program. Well, I'm glad glad to be here today. We are uh, we have been inundated with questions about things that are taking place that are affecting the Christian community. Uh, we have the 2020 elections that go on. Uh, we have yes. uh, COVID-19. Um, the, um, we have questions about Black Lives Matter. And so I'm just, we're just going to have a casual conversation about, about these things. They are very, very important things to the Christian community. And uh, I'm just going to give you my perspective on those things today. And I hope uh, that they will be a help to you. Uh, where you are, where you're living uh, during this very, very critical time in our nation and in our world. So let's start off. Um, where do you want to start? Let's, let's we have so many controversial issues we could discuss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's first of all talk about that we just, um, it was a few weeks ago that the um, Democratic National Convention took place and then yes. the Republican Convention took place. And I think they were maybe, a little different. They were quite, quite a bit different. So uh, <laughs> people ask me, why are you such a strong supporter of Donald Trump? And I, I want to answer that question. Um, uh, I want you to know this. Number one, I am not a strong supporter of Donald Trump. I am a very very strong supporter of the things that he supports. I am not against the Democratic National Committee, but I strongly oppose the things that the Democrats are standing for this year. And it really bothers me that that we have, well, let me say this, we have a really great opportunity to see a huge difference. And uh, when, when you're going to the polls this year and you're voting, you're voting about some things that are going to be uh, that are major, major differences. We're not talking about just uh, a few little things. These are major, major differences. So can you tell us, because uh, a lot of people will say this, but can you outline for us what some of those differences would be? Okay, well, let's talk about, first of all, uh, abortion. Uh, I, in fact, that is the big thing for us. When you, when you look, sure. if you were just to take a look at uh, a list of things, uh, when you're talking about the killing of unborn children and now the idea of taking a life outside the womb, once a baby is born and um, uh, not able, uh, or, and, and it's, it's, it's aborted, but it, the abortion goes wrong and this baby is born. Yeah, the born alive. Now the Democrats are saying, hey, that, that, that baby shouldn't live. Man, now we're talking about... A killing. And that's not something that is, a lot of people are, I've seen this argument happening a lot on, on social media lately where people are saying, no, that's not true. That never happened. They don't support that. So what you need to do is you need to look up the Born Alive Patient Protection Act because that's what that issue is addressing. And if you look at those who voted against it, that's what they're voting for. Is that a baby that would be born alive as a result of a, a botched abortion procedure would be left to die. So if they voted against that act, then they're in support of a baby born alive being left to die. Is they may not have come out and say, because I, I, I haven't really found anyone except I think the governor of Virginia that's actually come out and specifically said, well, yeah, if the baby was born alive, it would be left to die. Because that sounds horrible. So no one's going to say that. So there's a lot of discussion that, well, no, they never said that. 
true. They never said that. But if you look at their voting record, that's what they're supporting. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So you've got you've got Democrats who are for killing babies, and you've got Republicans that say let babies live. Uh, not only that, you're talking about uh, other issues, uh, the, de- the defunding of the police. When you mm-hmm. see people talking about defunding the police, we're talking about Democrats that are promoting that, and yet you have, and we are, we believe the powers of be ordained of God. We believe that God has given the sword to to police officers uh, to protect and defend, and that the, the primary responsibility of government is to protect and defend the people. That is what the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 13, and yet we're talking about defunding police. Any comments on that, Chris? Well, I I have a question for you on that one. I I think it'd be interesting for people to hear because a lot of times the argument being made, (laughs) which is just, it's, it blows my mind, but the argument being made is, well, if then the government's job is to protect the people, then we should have a nationalized police force. It should be standard. It should be across the board, the same everywhere. How do you feel about that? Why is it more important for us to have local police departments than it would be for us to have, say, one nationalized enforcement organization, if you will? Well, we our whole constitution is based on a separation of there powers. Our whole constitution is based on individual states. Most people don't realize that the United States is supposed to be just that. Uh, a fifth, bunch of states. Yes, a bunch of individual <laughs> governments, and that's why we have individual governors, and that's right. why we have, and then within the, each state, they have individual yes. municipalities that, that govern those things, yes. and because we believe that local local law enforcement knows what they is needed locally. Sure. What's needed in Las Vegas, Nevada, isn't what's needed in Pahrump, and what's needed sure. in, in Las Vegas, Nevada is not what's needed in Wisconsin. Yes. What we need to do is there's b- basic principles that should apply everywhere, mm-hmm. but uh, which is why we have the federal government. And Originally, exactly right. their 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 purpose was to fulfill basic general government functions. That's exactly like right. Security. The, that's the, the transportation. The the mutual security of all the states through a military. So we, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about a national police force, we have a military that protects us, right. and so we have the national yes. guard. But then, of course, you know, the same people that talk about having a nationalized force also don't want the National Guard coming to their the, city. So it, it's, it's all good. So we, so we, have, we have this discrepancy. So you have, you have again, the, the Democrats were saying defund the police. Uh, and then, as you said, having a national police force, which would be totally... Can you imagine the federal government? The power of the federal government, yeah. if that were the case. Man, how horrible that would be. So, And we've, we've seen things like that happen before in places that are communist. And it doesn't exactly go well right. at all. That's exactly right. It's not, <laughs> it's not good for you and for me. Nope. Not at all. And then you've got this gun control thing. Mm. The Democrats are all for gun control, and uh, the Republicans are for gun rights. Well, I... I I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe our Constitution is correct. I believe we ought to have guns in order to protect ourselves from the invasion of government. That's why sure. we were given the rights for guns. So, so, um, and then you have. But those rights need to be executed with a a sense of wisdom and understanding. That's exactly right. Of the firearm itself and of. <laughs> where and how you should be interacting with people while carrying a firearm. Yes. That's my personal opinion. Well, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> my wife would agree with you if she was sitting right here. 
Instead, we have Pastor Neil sitting here with us. Good to see you, Pastor Neil. It's good to see you. <laughs> no one can hear you say that, but he said it's good to be here, too. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, uh, I mean, I, I can just go through a list of reasons why. Uh, when we're, let, me, let me give you some of these things. The, uh, the, the riots and the violence, the Democrats said absolutely nothing about that in the convention. But now, though but, they are talking about yeah, it, now yes. it is President Trump's fault. Yes, Somehow, isn't that amazing? All of the violence is Trump's fault, and and we have and yet all and we these have people a presidential are candidate. Right. All these violent, all these viol- all this violence, and all this rioting are people right. that are anti-Trump. And we now have a presidential candidate who is saying, if you if you don't vote for me, this is just going to continue and get worse. Isn't that amazing? Is, I mean, if that's not extortion, I'm not sure what is. That is just it's just amazing, and and what what's amazing to me is that Christians are wondering. Why, why would you support President Trump? Well, there is no other option. There is no other option. And you mean from a, not because of Joe Biden's personality and Donald no. Trump's personality. It's because of the issues that they are the, representing that's exactly and the positions right. that they're putting forth. We have somebody who's standing up and standing for law and order and the Constitution, and you have somebody who's totally against it sure. this the idea of open borders listen you know that liberty baptist church is probably the most um ethnically diverse uh, church that you could ever go into uh, we have people from sure. every type of background uh and uh we need to we so we we have that within within our church but man we believe in law and order uh, we believe in w- not open borders, but we believe that borders should be controlled. We believe in in legal immigration, not illegal immigration. My dad was an immigrant. We are our yeah. church is filled with people who generationally are immigrants sure. to this to this country. My uh, grandfather came here from Nazi Germany, fleeing the Nazis. Well, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, so, so we have. We're not talking about. Um, I'm talking about prejudice, and people make this thing into a a prejudice thing, and uh, uh, and it's so sad. So, so why would I why would I stand for what Donald Trump stands for? Because he's actually standing for what I have stood for for years. A man comes along, says, "I'm going to do something." Do I like all of his personality quirks? No. Do I think some of his his uh, his back his things in his life have been deplorable I, I certainly do sure but since he has been president of the united states he has stood for pro-life pro-christian pro-israel yes. pro everything that i'm pro and so sure. uh, so we need to and and listen as a pastor you need to tell your people we we if you're a pastor and you're listening to this broadcast don't let some weird spirituality teach you that you shouldn't be informing your people you need to be telling your people this is right this is wrong this is where these people stand this is where these people stand you don't have to tell people what to vote for, but you should be telling people that certain things are right and certain things are wrong. Somebody said to me the other day, or texted me and said, you're, you're divisive. 
I, I, th- I said, no, I'm not divisive. A shepherd warns his sheep when wolves are about to devour them. And it concerns me because I see, uh, I see if, if this election goes the wrong way, if Donald Trump is not reelected, I, I, I see I, the sheep being devoured. And I'm very, very sure. concerned about what's taking place with, with that. So, so number one, we've talked about... Go well, ahead. and the, the divisiveness, because this will go into our, into our next one of our next points. The divisiveness, I think, is uh, often being fueled right now by this false narrative that if you are a, a supporter of certain things or certain individuals, then you don't care about about black people and you don't think okay. that black lives matter. So yeah, so that would take us into this the second big controversial thing, black lives matter. I resent the fact that somebody would even use that name because using the name black lives matter. Well, it's a manipulative that, term. That's right. Because if now you, you can't have a conversation. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't don't support the, the organization. organization Black Lives Matters. Then you don't support black people. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. We have people who don't care about black lives. They don't care, obviously, because they're pro-abortion. Uh, they're, they they want to see black babies uh, killed as well as white babies killed. They want this planet for themselves. Uh, they, they don't care about those things, and yet they name themselves Black Lives Matter so that you can't enter into the conversation without sounding like you're against black lives. Right. Well, we are absolutely pro-black lives. We are pro-white lives. We are, I'm, pro, I'm pro-Lebanese lives and Italian lives because I are, I are them. <laughs> I, am pro, uh, I am pro every life there is, uh, but this organization is anti-God. It's anti-Christian. It's, it's anti-America. Anti-family. It's anti-family. And you can find this on their website yeah, if you so, go to the Black Lives Matter so, website. I, listen, I'm telling you, we need to say absolutely not. We are totally against this organization called Black Lives Matter. We can't allow the enemy to frame the conversation. We must stand and say this is what is right and this is what is wrong. And pastor, if you're listening to this, I encourage you to fi- get the information and speak the information. Speak it emphatically. Speak it in, in compassion. The Bible says that our speeches should be seasoned with grace. Excuse me if I'm getting very emphatic, but the fact of the matter is our nation's about to crumble and we have people who piously want to say, we need to embrace this. No, we need not to embrace it. How sickening it is that that we, we are allowing the other side, a wicked side, to frame what we can and we cannot talk sure. about. We need to speak the truth. Well, and we've love. always been a country where you are innocent until proven guilty, That's exactly regardless right. of whether you're the offending party or the offender in that situation you are innocent until you are proven guilty and what we have right now in our culture is a is a instant gratification instant uh judgment movement where as soon as we see something no matter what happens we automatically assume what is happening in that situation and then we see the news media just run with that in whatever direction they want to that fits the narrative and then people start making memes and unfortunately it seems that most of our culture gets their information from memes that they see on social media which oftentimes are based on a false narrative that don't have the facts and many unfortunately of the situations that we're seeing that supposedly is the reason why people are burning down buildings and destroying businesses are not even factual if you wait until the truth is now known. We 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 have. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Donald Trump. He has more women in his cabinet in in in, in uh, have and are serving and have, have worked for him than anyone. 
any other president I, I've, I've known. He has, I know black people that have worked for him for years who are, uh, who ha- would tell you there is no truth at all to this thing about racism, and yet mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter is is all about is all about Donald Trump being a racist. And listen, he may do some things that I I disagree with, but it, it, he is not a racist. He is not anti woman. Uh, uh, he may not treat women exactly the way I think he should. And he may have said some, and he has said some very unkind things towards particular women. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he is pro-woman, he's pro-family, he's pro he's pro he's he's more accepting of, of people in their diverse lifestyles than I would be. Sure. So I, I just uh, I, I just again, so we've talked about uh, we've talked about the presidential election. Mm-hmm. I hope you have, I, I want to make people clear about where I stand on that. Uh, <laughs> in case anyone was wondering just, and <laughs> number two. Uh, you have you asked about Black Lives Matters, and then the question comes up: How how much you time? Have about do we have? seven minutes. Okay, so then we talk about COVID nineteen. Yes. What are we doing about COVID nineteen? What do you? What do I think about COVID nineteen? I want you to know this: that I believe that God is in control of everything. Um, the the and, and I think that we need to understand this. Um, I believe that if pestilence comes on the world, it's because God sent it. Sure. Uh, if we have COVID-19, I don't blame Satan. I don't blame him for anything that's going on because our God is in control of Satan. And we need to understand the sovereignty of God, the control of God, that God's in control of everything. I will not give Satan credit for this. So uh, so uh, I give God credit for it. Anytime you look in the Bible, anytime pestilence is sent, it's not sent by Satan. It's sent by God. Is Satan his unwilling tool? Yes. Are there people that are satanic that... Uh, that are controlled by Satan, and God gives. God says to, as as He did to Satan with Job, go ahead and take and do that. Yes, but here's 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 the reality: we are living in a world that has done wrong. We are living in a sin-filled world, and because of that, there are consequences for our sin. So, the Bible tells us when there's terrorism. In when God said to the nation of Israel, "If terrorism comes your way, it's because I'm allowing it because." Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm sending it to get you to repent of your sin. If if uh, uh, if if you get to a point where you don't deserve to have life in your uh, your life to continue, I'll give you. He says in in um, Ezekiel chapter uh, twenty and verse twenty five, I believe. He says, "I'll give you statutes. I will put in your mind laws whereby you will consume your own children." I think, man, isn't that abortion? God did that to a nation because that nation chose to disobey God. In Romans, he says, if you will not recognize me as God, I'll turn you over to a reprobate mind, and you'll wind up doing things that that are not convenient. And so the homosexual scourge on our nation, what is it? It's a it's a sign that God is judging us and has turned us over to a reprobate mind. Um, uh, we have uh, pestilence. In We often quote Second Chronicles 7.14. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal our land. Verse 13 says he'll do that if he has already sent pestilence. He sends pestilence to a nation. He sends pestilence to the, the nation of Israel because 
of their sin to get them to repent. And then if that's going on, if we humble ourselves and pray, there's no yeah. other, there's no passage that's more relevant to what mm-hmm. we're going on than sure. what's going on. You can't here. restore what the locusts have eaten if they haven't eaten anything. That's exactly right. So, so a pestilence, the reprobate mind, abortion, and, and people say, well, is it God? If God's in control, then then how come the churches are being closed? It's interesting that God told na- the nation of Israel that you disobey me and there will be a famine in your land, not of, of meat and not of drink, but of my word. So what is COVID-19? COVID-19 is a wake-up call from God to God's people saying, look, this is the way it will be unless you humble yourselves. If this is not to the senators, nor to the judges, nor to anybody else. It's to God's people. COVID-19 is to you and to me as believers saying, look, look, here's what's going on. Look at the judgments. Look at, look at, um, uh, look at the homosexual movement. Look at the, look at the immorality that's spread across this nation. Look at the junk that you're watching on television. Look at, look at all the things that are going on. Look at the pestilence. Now this pestilence has come. This, and look at the terrorism. All of these are judgments from God, to 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 God's people, to you and to me, to say, humble yourselves, pray. Seek my face and turn from your wicked way. Look, Christians should be praying today like they've never prayed before. We need to get on our face before God, humble ourselves, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. God is going to reveal in Christian institutions across this nation wickedness uh, so that sin can be confessed and so God's churches and God's institutions in this nation can be cleansed and get right so that so that we can become what God wants us to be. So COVID-19 from God to get our attention so that we will get right with him. See guys, this isn't hard. In 20 minutes, we just solved all the world's problems. There it is. All you have to do is go to the word of That's God. That's right. You just need a firm foundation and everything is good. This has been episode 18, special break from our regularly scheduled programming. Next time, we will have Pastor Neil Berkey with us. We're going to get back to Raising God's Kids in Sin City and talk about building convictions uh, in your children, which I'm looking forward to, even though I I don't have children, but I think it'll be a good thing still. (laughs) Well, remember, this is Tice Talks. This is more than a conversation. I hope you take this and apply it to your life because this is Tice Talks. It's more than a conversation.